Welcome to the Drive Phase Podcast, the best podcast for information on issues surrounding sports business in the Caribbean. On the Drive Phase, we have discussions with sport administrators, coaches, athletes, and various stakeholders in the sporting industry and examine their contribution to sports and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Dalton Myers. So today we continue our Olympic series, talking to some of the people who have been there and have been really successful over the past few years for Jamaica. Uh, he can be controversial at times. Support, not a good team. Uh, he's a big Chelsea fan. <laughs> I'm talking about Olympic bronze medalist, and not many people can say that. He has been national champion. He has been to the world championship silver medalist there. Uh, he has been to Diamond Leagues. Uh, he has been all over the place. And probably somebody Jamaica should recognize has done a lot for this country. Talking about new daddy, Warren Weir. Warren, welcome. I'm good, you know. Um, <laughs> not a new daddy. I have an older daughter. But... Yeah, I am good. I'm in good health. Um, I'm just happy. I'm in a good place, so can't yeah. complain. Listen, uh, Warren, you're a Chelsea fan. How could Chelsea lose a FA Cup final to Arsenal of all the teams in the world? No, first and foremost, that was not a penalty. <laughs> that was not a penalty. <laughs> So for all of those people who are cussing and saying that was a penalty. But nevertheless, you know, as a true Chelsea fan, like we went through a rough season, you know, transfer ban, putting our trust in the new players, Frank Lampard, tipping up to a big stage as a manager. So a lot of Waganese would have said, yo, Chelsea do bad, but I think we did very good this year. Listen, man, I tell enough people that for me, as much as I'm a Liverpool fan and Liverpool did really well, the next team for me is Chelsea. I am very, very, very pleased with my team performance. I remember an early part of the season when a teammate said to me, it's an Englishman team, so I'm very ashamed of him. Matthew Otis said to me, say, yo, yo, no, I'm not believing Lampard going to do this. I said, listen, man, there are some people I believe in as players that will be good managers. And it was Lampard and Pirlo. Superior. And when Lampard lose a few games and then my boy said, no man, give him time, man. And when we start winning the game then, he say, yo, I believe in you. I'm just like, yo, get away, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, we'll see how the Pirlo part go. That Juve team is not an easy team to manage. Um, yeah, but you see the thing about it though, in the Italian league, they will dominate, no matter who coach them. True. That'll be team. But outside of that, no. <laughs> you get me? They've been to the most champions because, league right. and can't coach Juve? No, your own coach. coach, yeah. Yeah. But can they do the same thing in the Champions League? So yeah, that's where the problem Anybody is. can coach a, a big team in a small league. And I consider those leagues are small leagues compared to the other teams that are in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Warren, up front, you get a lot of bashing. And we'll talk about that, how you manage criticism. But many people need to remember that in 2012, when very few people expected it, you produced, I think it was 20.03 at the national trials to come third. Uh, coming off that, Ben, I think Ashmead was a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. And and you still run him down and produce a very good time and made it onto that national team. Talk about that experience, my brother. So leading up to the national trials, every race I ran was a personal best. And I remember the last race I ran before national trials was at the New York um, Diamond League. Adidas. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. I remember I came third and I lost to, to Sharandi and, um, and Ashmead. I'm not sure. But yeah. I, I know I came third. And Mr. Minister to me say, oh, Warren, don't pay that in mind because the stagger that you lost by is the same stagger that you gave up on the corner. So I went to the drawing board and we fixed that. 
and in the semi-final around 1999 that was a pb for me didn't feel like a pb and it was the easiest race i've ever had in my life i remember me and blake was going to the line and julian Forge was also in the mix and we were contemplating who should win because i know i never want to win for my own reasons <laughs> so we're like pushing 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 and when they see the time I was in 1999 and i was like nah that wrong <laughs> that's not that wrong um but and then going into the finals now I was just head over the moon to so say, Warren, you have been having an exceptional season. Just go out there and just continue to run your own race and just do your thing. Don't fall on anybody. So when Bolt and Blake and Ashmead gone, I was like, yo, in the, in the run through the race, I'll probably meet you guys down there somewhere or the other. And when I saw Ashmead was right there, Ashmead was like, I probably what, 10 meters in front and coming into the last 50 meter, I see Ashmead start losing his form and I'm like, yo, 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 this is it. And I just, I don't know where I found the extra gear from. Maybe it's the blue inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if, I, I think I told you that I won some money off that race, off you in the stands because I told somebody you're going to make it in the top three. And it's one of the guys who really said, no, 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 it's going to be Ashmead or JC Young who was one of my guys at U yeah. at the time. But why I decided to do that, I came down to training sometime in the week or the week before. And they were having some running out the corner. And I realized, hey, yo, you're there with the other guys. It's probably yeah. one of the few times you're running with everybody. And I said, no, I feel so this man can make it. So somebody else kind of running out the mouth. And I... Yeah. <laughs> and, and then again, you see, you had a first glance into what can happen by having that authority at you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And that's a challenge with a lot of Jamaicans, you know, because I find we don't know the sport, we don't follow the sport. Yeah. We just love making nice about the winnings, you know. For sure. Um, as part of the challenge. But that race was important, and a lot of persons were watching the Usain and Yohan, because I think Yohan had won the the hundred meter finals. Yeah. And then this one again, he won it actually. Uh, uh, is it? Um, I think I, I've never said this before. Only people at Chuck probably know this, like. In December, we had a time trial and we had a 300 meter time trial and I beat both. And time trial was at nine o'clock. By 9.30, there was a chat meet at the stadium and everybody at the chat meet knew about the time trial. They know about the time, they know about the, they know everything. So I was already in a, a place that I was confident to know that this could be a good season for me because I was getting stronger, I was getting faster. And the year before, it was my first on the series and I learned so much. The year prior to Olympics, like I took so much from those two meets at Europe. I was in Europe for three months to run two races. And I took so much <laughs> yeah. from that. It's like people would even understand how much goes into a so-called overnight success. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the funny thing about that race, and I, I go back to it a lot because in that race, most persons expected Yusin and Yohan to be one and two, right? Yes. So the third spot was quote-unquote up for grabs. I had Ashmead, you had Julian Fort, you had JC Young. Marvin Anderson was I also think, in think, that race. Well, I think Marvin was the one who beat me in New York. Yes. I think yeah, at the, at the last race at the time. I, I just know say <laughs> as in I think that that's one of the most memorable races of my, of my career. As in every time I think about that race, I was like, yo, damn, that was a race. Well, you see, for me, that race and of course the next one, the the Olympic 200 meter finals, yeah. I thought were two incredible races for you. But talk us about the semi-finals first, because that one looked very easy for you going into the 200 meter finals. You looked like you had a lot left in you after you came onto the street. Which, which final like you had a lot left. At, the, at the Olympics? At the Olympics, yeah. All right. So as, as I said, for national trials, semi-finals, as in, I never want to win. 
because if I know I win, I'm going to run a fast time. And I just want to run, I just want a big queue. Anybody know track and field us know, I just want a big queue, which is an automatic qualifier. We run the fastest right. times because I want to be out in front. So um, me and Sharon, they, um, I was way in front um, of the corner and then I decided to just shut it down in terms of, not shut it down, but to just control the race. Um, so Sharon pulled up on me and I, I make sure to keep him on my shoulder up until the last 30 meters. Um, just because I didn't want us to run too fast. So I kept him on my shoulder up until 30 meters and after 30 meters, I legit just said, yo, go. And he thought that to him, it was like, it was a big win. But to me, it was like, yeah, you are going around the back. <laughs> because everybody don't understand. Like people try to run the 20 meters as fast as they can, but they don't realize that it's a technical race. It's like, it's one of the most technical races in track and field. Like, you can make or break a race by running a bad race plan. You can run off of the corner super hard and done, or you can yeah. actually run a good race plan and just distribute your speed and energy. That's why I always run the semi-final or the way I run to get the lane I want to go into the finals up in lane eight or nine. Yeah. <laughs> and then you run out of the outside lane um, in the finals. A lot of person again, weren't expecting uh, a Warren Weir to be in the medal mix. A lot of persons were watching one and two, yeah. and there was one where uh, to get a bronze medal at the Olympics, one, the two, three for Jamaica. As I said to somebody, I said, The only person that has the strongest possibility to beat me for a third place at the Olympics was Ashbeat, and Ashbeat wasn't there <laughs> because Ashbeat wasn't there. So I'm like, Yo, anybody can come third, you know, but just know that the biggest. Tried to come in third for me was Ashmead. Ashmead wasn't there. Tazge wasn't there. Walter Dix wasn't there. So I was like, yo, yeah. I just need to just run my race and just run a PB. And so said, so done. But still though, Warren, and going back through that race, it's still, you know, you had to execute. You had to distribute over the 200 meters because everybody in there were probably saying the same thing as you. Saying, yeah. well, I don't think I can catch you and Blake. Uh, I won't catch you seeing both no matter what is happening. But so third space is up for grabs. about it, everybody was behind Bolt. <laughs> so, <laughs> for them to run a race to catch me, they have to catch Bolt first. And if they right. catch Bolt out the corner, it's going to be the end of them. <laughs> because Lemetri was in like two or three. Blake was so far behind. Blake caught Bolt. You saw what that did to Blake. Yes. He run like a steam train and nobody else can run down the bolt but Blake. So I was like, yo, if I make everybody run three different races, I am good. So if I if I plan this strategic and make everybody run bolt's race, I'm going to be good. Because if I run bolt race up to off the corner, that would be good for me because at the end of the day, yeah. I'm not running down bolt. Bolt run past me, but all I'm trying to do is just like maintain whatever speed I'm going off for. If I'm going to have too fast, I say, all right then, I'll just keep my little speed right here. But I don't want to overexert too much energy off the corner into going with both because I just know that at the end of the day, I need something to go home and I need something to finish and I need to finish strong. Kind of 200 meter, sometimes the strongest man winning. Yeah. How did it feel, Warren, after when you go back to the hotel and realize that you're actually a bronze medalist when you lay down in your hotel room and realize that, listen, I, I am an Olympic bronze medalist? It never sinked in. It never sinked in until the next day because we weren't supposed to get our medal that night. So we were actually, nobody really realized that we weren't even in medal kits. We were in sweatpants and warm-up gear. So we were like the last one to leave the stadium. 
they had to tell the fans like the spectators like don't leave your mental presentation which i think was very distasteful because yeah. it, was, it was a last minute plan and we came one two three and they could have said okay well, let's do it tomorrow because that was the original plan so we did have no gears we were in gray suit sweatpants and would even look like we're come, we come from jamaica and not a black t-shirt but the next day now after i did that bbc interview i says nothing this shape at all i just know that people have said maybe a youtube video some splice together it's like no right right and then twitter gone up instagram gone up. i was like we're all one two three on the front page are like china posts and and i'm just like yo damn because it was so late in the night like it never so keen you know jamaic time difference was like two different right. so, you know you really want to sleep you can't really but there's no say the next day was just like yo like it's like i woke up a different person <laughs> yeah that that and that and that pushed you into into stardom um warren not that people didn't know you but i think now the world had to take notice yes uh no matter where you are interviews coming people are reaching out to you how you manage that kind of a stardom my biggest like the biggest stardom moment immediately after that was chelsea dm'd me and i was like yo i said the money yo chelsea dm'd me yo chelsea dm'd me they might follow me i'm like what you talking about them ask them say yo i'm saying what am i saying they say yo them asking me want to come for your tour i'm like what do you mean I was like, yeah, no. because, because Chelsea had won the Champions League 2012, and right. they said so. The message was like, we both had an amazing season, and they wanted to celebrate with me, and they wanted to invite me to the to the Stanford Bridge. I was like, you don't have to ask me two times. Just say, yeah. all I could say, just come. Alpha me a pay and I go. Just, 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 I don't care. So it was breathtaking. Racers was camping in London, in 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 the UK. So you know that. It's a home Olympics, yeah. so you know that people know who you be. You walk, no, like we went to Naldos one day, we couldn't even walk in peace because people decided to, yo, they were going to flat Naldos. You have to call police and get a backdoor escort and go around and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, to, let's fast forward a bit now to 2013 now. Um, again, another medal for you. This time is an upgrade to a silver. Yeah. And uh, the big boss was the one that, <laughs> that, that you had to compete with for that one. How did you feel after that one? 23rd was my this is not a fluke here like i went out there with just one thing in my mind is like what if people talk about fluke like do they, do they know about sports so like 2013 was a year that i just worked so hard to show people like, oh, listen what last year was was not a fluke it was not a, a buck up so i can do this again because i've been i've been training for this not because you guys never know who i be and i get a medal doesn't mean that it wasn't meant to be after that race after after equaling my pb after three rounds, I felt so good. I was leading the Diamond League. I have run like almost eight sub 20 already. It's like my Lionel Messi year. <laughs> I was just like, there was no race. I couldn't run that bad race. I remember I went to, to Budapest with a sore hamstring and I ran 20.0. And I was like, no, I'm fit. So like, I, I was just so fit and I was just so ready for 2013. There was just nobody could tell me anything about 2013 that could give me doubts. You, you had won two diamond leagues in that in that year i i had won london i had won shanghai right. i had won um brussels and i came second to both in paris and those are big races the first one out the back was shanghai where uh with gatlin after coming back and i was like so nervous <laughs> i was like so nervous me and jace was in the race and went to london with a stocked feel nervous again 
Um, Sh- hold on. Shanghai was where you and Jason came one to? Or... Yes. Yes. No, I, I, did you just came one to? Or is no. it third? Uh, I, think, I think, I think, I think, I'm not sure if Gatlin caught him. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember how that I one I remember Gatlin caught him. Um, and then went to London with a stocked field, Lemaitre, um, Jason, the English boys. Yo, um, it was so stuck. Like I tell people, say, yo, you're lucky now, you know? But then when we're, when we're running 200, all eight men were running under yeah. 90. We're running under yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah. Every single person running under 20. Um, then Brussels was a next stacked one, where the, the Diamond League final with Walter Dix in it, Ashby mm-hmm. in it, and everybody was going in for that points because Ashby was it, anybody like the Diamond League was much different now, but anybody yeah, it, it was but, then, but then if, if you win the last Diamond League and you were down by four points, you could actually win because the points were double, something like that. So you had to win the yeah. Diamond. So even if you were leading, you had to win the last Diamond League to win. So it was way more competitive than now. Right now, if you win two Diamond League. A matter of fact, it's changed so much where you can actually just run two diamond league and win now. Well, you still have the finals, but you can you can run two and still comfortable make it to the finals. But then there's no that. Yeah, you had to you had to turn up for the finals. Had to turn up. Then. So yeah, so it's yeah. much different now. A lot of changes in the diamond also, league. I remember after Paris, Paris was the meet after national charts around around 1979. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I had stopped 30 minutes before the line, which is my biggest track and field regret. Stopping before the line to prove something that was so dumb. Uh, I remember running that race, and it was the first time Bolt never caught me before the, the corner. So we had to run neck and neck. He had to run for that, and he, 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 he had a PB. And I remember my friend said to me, every single day that race come up, Satmar said to me, you know, say, give it a race. Set. I was like, what are you talking about? I went and said, yo. You say, could I beat the man? <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo, you know, see what go- to, to me, I just saw something more technical that like I held him off off the corner and I'm have to run up to the up to the last, I'm have to run to the end to that. So and I think after that race, um the, the race reporter, he was saying something towards M- Moscow. He was like, Moscow should be nice because both had to it was the first time I see that both had to run to the line. And um yeah. Tournament was a good year. It was such an amazing year. It was. I want to go back to national trials though. You won that 19.79 beating your chest or kind of making a point with about 10 meters to go or close to that to the finish. The biggest line. regret to this day. Why? Honestly, I could have been in the 19.5 club. It's like if, be, if you had beating my chest line, yeah? 10 meters to the line. And 20 minutes before that, I was decelerating. And 30, 30 minutes before that, I was actually in my head like, yo, what should I do? I just I just think that even though that gave me the confidence to go into the season, so it's a 53 regret. That gave me the confidence to go into the season, but it also, I robbed myself from being in a place that not, not many people can say they've been, 19-5 club. Yeah, yeah. Have we seen the best of Warren Weir on the track? Um... I would say everyone know Marilis, and I would say yes because I'm I'm 31 October, not getting younger. You get me? Yeah. My bones them start creak every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we stay on much longer. So I would say I would say that um, right now I'm at a stage where I'm just trying to get fit and just enjoy the sport. I'm not trying to do the impossible. I'm not trying to break a world record. You get me? So I'm a, I'm a realist. As in, I've always been a realist. And that's, I'm not lying to myself. I'm not going to be in the sport for a million years. You get me? So 
injuries. You you have been plagued with some injuries, certainly in the fir- early part of your season and, and throughout, actually, you've had some injuries. How have you managed those? How did you manage those? How did you manage to stay out of your head, as people say? How did you manage to stay mentally strong with everything that was happening? It's rough because I think um, I've been in running pro for like almost 10 years and in all my 10 years, I've never actually came out and said I'm injured. So people always assume they were the worst about me. So they always assume that we're just out partying. I've always had small niggling injuries that always just give, keep me up for a month. Then something has come off on the next month. And before you look at that, it's six months. It's just like niggling injuries throughout the season. So it just add up to like six small injuries throughout the season. I've managed to, to somewhat stay mentally strong because like, my friends, my friends and my family play a very important role in keeping that little headspace because I know that a healthy and a conscious mind would always go far. So we always try to just keep that that, that steady head. Even when we're going through the worst of injuries, we always try to just stay motivated and just stay grounded. But I must say it's not been easy. There's some time when I just say, oh, I couldn't bother. Uh, after 2013, going to 2014, got a hamstring injury that's just been plaguing me over and over and over and over. And there's sometimes I say, yo, I can't bother. It's just like you have to just have that men- strong mentality and not a lot of athletes have it. I'm so happy that um, I have that. And I thank Boys and Girl Champs for just building, the, building that toughness in, in us from so early. So it, it hasn't been easy. Yeah. I know about some of those injuries, even though you usually don't talk about them um, or any of those niggles, you don't, you don't let people know. But something I wanted to I spill out from that, Warren, I don't think any athlete, male or female, in certainly over the last 10 years, get as much cussing as you from the Jamaican public for many different reasons. Some you yeah. probably deserve, who knows? Um, how, how you manage that, how you stay focused. Sometimes I know you cuss back the public. Uh, not sometime, enough time. All right, see, what's funny is because as people glorify their politicians, you get yeah. me? They glorify them, and the politician <laughs> might about $300 million and then forgive them tomorrow. I have yeah. nowhere near near that in, in, in robbing $300 million or looting the poor. I've just always speaking about my mind. If somebody come at me, I'm, I'm a human. If you cut me, I blood. I'm going to come back at you. But people always use that and just go public with it and be and, and be, play a victim and act and, and act like we aren't human too it's like if you bash me bash me bash me bash me in my personal space and i should and if i even say her you take it to the media for your own glorification branding wise no i look at it and say yo it happened to everybody it's just that they need a villain and um they give me the cape every single day of my life and it is what it is at the end of the day I know what I'm worth. I know what I bring to the table. And there's a lot of people who are glorified who bring nothing to the table. Not even the table, not even a chair they bring to the table. So I don't make it bother me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always find it funny. Um, and, and sometimes, I mean, our good friend Tanya and I would say, no, well, let's let's reach out to Warren because he might go hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, but part of what you just said is, is the truth, Warren. I think because everybody expects athletes to be put them on this pedestal and they must respond to anything. You know what a friend said to me the other day that I've never heard before? He said, I think he was talking about coffee. I'm saying, you know why them don't eat coffee? 
because they don't get a chance to eat coffee. Coffee just come and just go boom. She just bust big and just boom. So they, they haven't got a chance to see her. So he was talking about how them hate Shensia, how them hate coffee, love coffee. So he was saying like Shensia did nothing to them, but because them see her grow, they have so they had so much time to hate or just tear her down. Meanwhile, so someone just come like boom. Them can't a chance to hate them because at every point they meet them, they're just going higher and higher and higher, and they're ne- they're never at a stage where they were developing. Not saying coffee never developed, but we never see her at that stage. So when I'm saying that to me, I'm like, no, so you have sense, you. This goes for like the Jamaican community. That's how they stay. Once we're seen, so once we see somebody grow, yeah. we have too much time for, to tear them down. That if we meet, met them at a stage where they were like top notch. Yeah, that's true. But part of it, though, for me, I just think that the Jamaican fan is is predominantly a wagonist, meaning it's that we are. don't try to understand and support the athletes. And so, whenever Elaine is getting it now, I've so if Elaine if Elaine don't win a race or run a PB, the public is honored, not recognizing yeah. that she has one of the toughest injuries. Toughest. Um, you're seeing gets it <laughs> a lot. Him just want to turn up at a party one day, you know. Um, you get it, I think, more than everybody else. Johan is getting it because he's not winning races. I, I you know, so I think the Jamaican fan, and I'm using that loosely, just just want to see winning. You know, they don't understand what goes yeah, into. Yeah. They don't understand the injuries, all of those, and and As that's part of the frustration. They, they don't understand. So when we get up early morning, you know, they go, you you can't see anything because you will fuck up, you know, you just fuck up, we can't see anything. So. <laughs> People don't understand the sacrifice. People don't understand say when we go to these countries to run for the country, like we go like world championship. Sometimes we depend on some 16 hour flight. Sometimes we're saying that some of the not the best conditions that we're used to, but we do it because we just know say yo, we're not just doing it for ourselves. Like when we go to world championship, we're not saying yo, I'm run for myself. But we think about our country first. Like when we win a race, like we win a world championship, we, 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 we even think about the money. We say yo, we win a goal and we go for a flag and you never seen anybody do anything personal when they when certain races always about our country we're always trying to put our country on the highest level possible so when when people are trying to tear us down and make look like say yo one nickel hiccups can tear out the country bro we've got some place where we can we, we, we have staff here like not even staff but we, we can't even eat them food we are eating the food just because we want to just put our country on a platform we've got some place where them say yo man there's no black people welcome here man yeah we have done so much to us to uplift our country. We cannot make the people who are legit just there to tear it down get the best of us. Yeah, that's how I stay ahead of it. Yeah, and, and you know, Warren, which is why I still, still support you. You've got to get like enough cussing. You've got to get your bridging. You know, because I just feel the athletes must be allowed to express themselves. I All mean, right, I think right. some. Go ahead, man. I honestly think I, no, no. I think sometimes you need to tone it down, but then that's that's you. Um, and and this is from a brand perspective, but that's an off-ear discussion. Yeah. Um, because obviously the brand sometimes look on people a particular way, you know, because of comments, etc. But at the end of the day, athletes are athletes. You uh, know? Look at this. And, and must be allowed to to flourish. Look at this. We're in Australia, and we are basically brand Jamaica in Australia. And you know how much people we interact with on an everyday basis in Australia just having one-on-one talk about come to Jamaica. I'm like, oh, I love Jamaica. And we're talking to them and people don't understand like how much we're out there promoting the country even when we're not running. Hey, where right. are you from? Right. And I'm like, I'm from Jamaica. And 
what we hate about our country, that's what they want us to teach them. The bad words, the, 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 the patois, they the, um, they want to know about where Rastafarian culture come from. They want to know about the things that we don't like. They want to learn about that, and we that. So I don't understand. That's what I say, as in I will continue to, to wave the flag, even I'm, even when I stop around, I'll continue to promote Brand Jamaica and just tell people about Jamaica where we're located. Them, oh, you come on a cruise ship. I'm like, I know you went to Montego Bay. <laughs> so yeah. people don't understand how much we do, and uh, uh, yeah. I want to go back a little bit. 2014 Commonwealth Games, you you won a silver medal there. I think that was Glasgow. Yeah. Um, Glasgow. And then you retired in 2017, went to rugby, got a medal, a bronze medal uh, at the CAC Games, if I remember well. Yeah. You're a man who always gets medals, man. And, and, <laughs> and when you went to rugby, what what went into that decision, uh, Warren? Uh, just get up and go to rugby. No, and, and the guys were happy to have you there. We're in Australia, and once again, injured again. I was Australia. Um, my, my, my leg was kind of feeling a bit funny, but it's mind of a matter. So I, I came, I, I came, I came seventh, I think, in the 200 meter. And it, it was time to run the four by one. I wasn't even a part of the pool. I just know that I get a call and say, yo, yo, you're a part of the pool. You want to be a part of the four by one pool? I was like, of course, why? So, um, and Australia's come games, yeah? Yeah, so we had come games in, in Australia. And yeah. after the four by one, developed a, a, a tier, a grade one tier. Um, did an MRI, them say, yo, <laughs> out for the season. So I said, general star again. So. <laughs> I was injured 2016 as well. Um, same Armstrong age. So I said to my manager, yo, these guys approached me and asked if I want to play rugby. But before they asked me, they asked me in Australia, but before they asked me, I, was, I wasn't I was hurt. So I told them, say, yo, you know what? I've, I always thought about playing rugby because I, was, I love the burst of speed in rugby. But it's six, right. not that the big, it's six. So I love the burst of speed that you can, if you're fast and you have the ball and nobody can catch you. Um, so after after coming back from Jamaica, coming back from Australia now, I said to my manager, I was like, yo, this guy wants me to play rugby. Even if I don't play, I can just be I can just be there and just, you know, learn the sport because I want to play after track. So um the season moved on and I recovered enough to sprint, but the track season was already so far ahead, it made no sense to 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 to, to, to go back in to continue the track and field season. So we said, all right then guys, let's learn some rugby. And it was it was a very fun experience. Nobody knew I was training. I look at one man sitting like judges and squeeze back and tell the media because I wasn't ready as yet to tell the media. I wanted to tell the media when I know say oh, I can't play the sport. Right. So um, whenever when I announced I was playing, I remember Tanya I said, Tanya, all right, ready, press release. Did a press release and it went everywhere. It went every single way. We never know say I never know it. I get so much um, fiction. fiction. I just never know it that moved so much. It was everywhere. BBC, all those sporting companies posted. It was my first time also playing a team sport. So it was very new for me. Um, but I said, I love every experience of it. Like rugby is a very fun sport. Guys, if you like listening now, I know track and field don't last forever, but your speed is good enough for rugby. Trust <laughs> <laughs> me. Chuck and feel Chuck and feel and rugby don't last forever, Warren. But one of the things that you have done, um, 
you have started up your multimedia company uh off air we're saying that you you were one of the first persons in the caribbean to start a sport podcast i kind of just overtake you for now until <laughs> you start up again but you were the very first person i think shelly was your first guest no, um no, my or first second was matalan right Matalan, yeah well, I remember, I remember the Shelly one, but you started yeah. up podcasting, um, but you have your multimedia company and you decided from an early stage that you wanted to invest in that. Unlike many other athletes, what prompted you to do that and how has that been going? All right. So, boy, so much stories. <laughs> so everything started my story, you know, I remember. So, as I said, overnight, not overnight success. Um, wake up the next day, um, everybody want to know who's wearing where. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, you have to start create so-called. But at this time, it wasn't even called content. It was just called put up something on your social media so your fans can see it. So, yep. it was, I also wanted to show um, my followers who I was. Because remember, there's no backstory to who Warren Ware was. No ESPN interview, none about that. They must decide to, yo. My whole, li- my whole social media life became so public because i was this regular man who post this post that and all of a sudden everything on social media nothing everything on the news boom 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 so i wanted to control my narrative and just put things out there make people know who i was started my vlog at the time it wasn't even called vlogging at the time again you know just, yeah i didn't even know what right. it was called I was just putting up something putting and... up videos so it was just me just wanting to show people who i was because i never had a media team around me i never had that um pr team around me so i just created my own pr team and just did that and then in the couple years after that i bought a drone because i just love to I, lo- I love traveling so i bought a drone and i took a i took a couple of the videos and for um a, a client reached out to me um at the time a friend as a friend reached out to me say oh you know we put doing some things by the wharf like and i see have a drone you can't do that for us and i was like yeah but but me don't know cast or nothing <laughs> And I reached out to a, a fellow um, videographer friend and he showed me little legalities about it. And next thing we know, comp- company start. We had we had a drone video port authority. We had the sell this. We're doing X and Y. So it all started out by just having fun, and it just became uh, something magical. Yeah, but but part of it though, Warren, is is you having fun because some of those well we call them vlogs from the many different events that you were going to and you were posting them and people started to kind of like that raw image. I mean, you edited some of it, but yeah. let's call it raw image, you know, and people like that content because it, it, it seemed real. It was not censored. It was not anything. Yeah, because at, at the time, like CVM and TVJ couldn't be allowed in the Olympic camp. So I was right. the first person to give them that in-depth. <laughs> like when people saw Blake, like, people said, hold on, Blake, could I talk? <laughs> when people right. saw the different athletes in their in their different um natural state, there was like, yo, but guess what now no, Dalton? Couple years after that, when we still are doing them them start cussing me. I'm just like, when I cuss for I'm the same you give the video. I'm just like, what the hell? I'm the same person. I was like, you know what? You know what? I can't bother. I was can't I'm gonna count my video and just pay these people no mind because give them something good and the same good you give them, copies from now will be bad. So you just yeah. Uh, you get me, but as in, I remember people come to me and say, "Yo, I never know Blake could sing. He's so Blake loves sing." And I would say, "Yo, I ne-. like uh, we don't remember Pierre seeing Shelly and Fraser. You seen um, you seen you seen Asaf, you seen Freighter, you seen every single body. What you know normally see that just like a third second interview after they've done run. 
out it like that. Yeah, and and for me, some of those vlogs were crucial, meaning that you're you're not seeing the I call it the sanitized version of what's happening in the village. Yeah, that was our first experience of seeing the village itself or seeing the people in their natural like, space. People's like, remember you know, back in the days, it's just, just cleaner observer of gear, one picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, they have a call and say, yo, um, oh, um, oh, 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 what are you doing? Oh, 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 morally, oh, he look, him spirit up. So you could see the videos like, yeah, man, I'm ready, you know, I'm happy, I'm in right. high spirit. So it was definitely something that, that people was looking over. People was maybe say, yo, don't stop doing that video. Don't stop doing that. And those are the messages that kept me going. The people that saying, don't stop. They yeah. loved it. They were way more than the naysayers. Those are the people that just keep me going. And I'm going to put out here um, for my listeners that even when an athlete who I managed was Rochelle Clayton, the first quote-unquote video sh- photo shoot that was done, you did that for us. And you reached out to us. Uh, we didn't have a lot of videos and pictures after she won national championships. And we're looking to try and get some of that. But, you know, you reach out and, and you did a lot of that for, for us and for her. And, and, and she really appreciated I mean, to this anybody, day. Anybody know me know that you know, I'm the friend, or not even sometimes the friend, I'm just a bystander that will just look on and just say, yo, that can be done that way. I can help you. And then like I, I can I can see where your brand needs to go and I can point in the direction I can so help you to to just to, to make the connection and make the dots and that's Russia's my good friend as in she's been trying for years and I'm so happy for her like I, I message you a message um okay. for um your people don't remember my real name you know Fall Dog <laughs> Fall Dog no matter everybody call him Fall Dog okay. yeah you know forget 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 the government name and Rochelle uh, <laughs> like uh, three person that always look out for me and talk to me. No matter what I'm going through, and I, and when I saw that, I didn't even do it because she was having an uprising. I just know that yo, Rochelle, you want you need two bad pictures when you go to Europe because I did that. <laughs> yeah, it, nobody remembers the day after Charles, the Saturday, the Sunday, the no, the Sunday I run, the Monday I call Major Brown. Said Major Brown have a photo, I want a photo shoot to the stadium. I'm 22, you know, my first major games, and I decided I want to meet a press kit. I never know what's a press kit at the time. You know? I just know I want two bad pictures. So I <laughs> went to the stadium, and I took, after the 12 Charles, I went to the stadium with a photographer, and I took a picture, you know, my spikes and a suit. People had a body suit, you know, pants, white t shirt, black tie, black jacket, and that was my media kit. Never know it was no a media one. kit at the time. So I just knew that like, <laughs> people needed that, and she was so happy when she got there. She's like, yo, this nicey. I was like, no man, they were, they were, they were. That's just me. Yeah, I, I want to ask you though, and I'm kind of piecing the past and the present and the future. Uh, Warren, what experiences you learned from Chams days, from, from Calabar, um, Chams, that help you in terms of your athletic career and who you are now? Like, I would say, all right, so there's a graph and you have the mental state and you, you talk about what consider you, what your mental state graph is. 80% of that is the Calabar. The, the mentality of just preparing for champs and going to an all-boys school who's, who's competing for one spot, not a top three spot, the number one spot, it helps us in life, not just in, in track and field, but in life. It helps us to say, oh, be prepared, sharpen your skills, be a team player, help those around you because helping those around you will get the ultimate goal and just be focused and just listen to 
the people are, who are around you who are part of the team to help you get better and those are those are yeah. all the skills you learn doing champs and time management those are what drive me and those that that as i say make up eight percent of my mental mental toughness for life so even after you, olympics or after check and field mm-hmm. you're gonna remember those what are some of the lessons warren probably three or so lessons you have learned um <laughs> you have you have been in spat about coach you have been in discussions about many things across the space if there was a youngster who came up to you just coming into the professional realm a young warren where what are three advice you'd you'd give them realist All advice right. you see in still trying to say controversial free because i always feel like say <laughs> i'm always just this person who does not bother people and i'm bothered and it doesn't matter if they're a global star or they're a small person um everybody loves to pick at somebody so um me and Mr. Miz have an excellent, excellent relationship. Excellent. Even the other day, I did a Clark's partnership. And Mr. Mills was a person who I chose to, to bring on to the campaign. And that wasn't that wasn't because I was trying to look a good name. It was because we still have that conversation. Um, when, um, when I got to Jamaica, Mr. Mills lived below me. We talked for hours, but we don't post it. Because at the end of the day, we had that conversation. And we had us like that. So I will always tell the young athletes to just... Whatever you choose to do in life, stay focused, be goal driven towards it, and don't let anybody tell you say you can't do it. Like not even your mother, your father, your coach. Nobody tell you that yo you can't do that. Because remember, let me tell me, um, just be yourself. It doesn't matter what, even if people don't like you, you will have that sense of of of. of consciousness to know that you, you feel good because you're yourself and in the being yourself you will get to, to where you want to be mm, great 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 and and that's that's really important isn't it i mean for a lot of young athletes it's it's when the pressure hits i think that's that's where they need most of the encouragement um there's the big picture with you and mikey o'hara uh in that i think it was last year of champs yeah for him um but just for athletes understanding you want champs is pressure, but also when you get into the professional realm, you know, you have to just stay focused. And it's exactly. it's rough, isn't it, uh, Oren? I mean, it's, it's not easy. You know what? But... You know what? I wasn't a big champ star, you know? So, like, <laughs> so there's no pressure on me. So, I could have just easily just ride under the radar and just prepare myself for, 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 for the Olympic Games. So, I even, t- I remember telling athletes, like younger athletes, I won't call any of them names, but I tell them, say, yo, grow like don't rush to be a professional grow mm-hmm. especially if if you're from a a, a a home that your mother and father does every single thing for you go to college why also two years it will teach you time management and money management if you're if you're from a home where mother and father do every single thing for you and it's like you're spoiled if you're so key so-called spoiled and you have to be real true to yourself if you're spoiled admit you're spoiled mm-hmm. and you can't come into be come you can't be a professional and, and and be spoiled you have to really and truly be selfless you have to know say yo listen time management and this and that so if you know say your parents also suffer you a day and day out go to college it will teach you so much i call college pre-professional why i say that is because you have to go to class you have study hall you have training 
you have a trap meet on the weekend, you have class to go, you have tests, and all of those things, there's no parents around you to pamper you. There's mm-hmm. nobody else to do that. So that will make you know if you are ready for professional world. So I always tell them, if you are not that mentally tough from high school days, spend at least two years of college. I don't care how fast you are, spend at least two years of college. Because yeah. if you get the money and come to your parents' house, you're just still going to be a spoiled boy with enough money. And I said to them, they, they don't. That's, how, that's my philosophy. That's how I look at it. <laughs> what, what's next for Warren Weir? As you know, you know, shifting, like, the, it's always to just focus on the brand. And, you know, it's about just, just focusing on the family. It's just making sure the family is happy. Um, they come first in, every, in anything. Even, so if, any, if anything pops up in this world, I've thrown it by the family first. So it's family first, everything after, yeah. even, even in a career. So it's just the first focus on the family, build the family, and just continue to, to be fit and just enjoy the sport and just teach the youngers, teach the youngsters the ropes, teach them what I've learned, my mistakes, what they can do, and just how to just be the best they can be. That's just, that's just what I'm just here for. That's just, <laughs> I may I fall on the Michael, like, I remember when Freta was like, on like, and the back end of his career and Freta was just that father figure to us. You yeah. get me? I can't believe I'm, t- I'm 31. <laughs> Telling these youngsters, don't do this, don't do that. Yeah. But I no, love man, every that's, that's good, my brother. And I appreciate you being on this podcast. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. It'll be funny how long we have been talking um, for this uh, almost how long an hour. I need to, I need to, how long are we talking? Hey, it's uh, the almost an It's, it's 9.58 now. It's a real record, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Warren, I appreciate it, my brother. Much respect. On, on behalf of producer Rashika Grant and the entire production team, uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Drive Phase podcast. Remember, we have started up our <laughs> it's, it's Chelsea. It's Chelsea thing for those who are just listening. Uh, man is a huge Chelsea fan, which is pretty sad. Look, I'll ask you a very important question first. Yes. A very important question. How many Premier League have you experienced? On behalf of producer Rashika <laughs> Grant, who is a Chelsea fan, sadly also. Um, Marsha is a, is a Man U fan. Marsha is, is a big Man U fan. But on behalf of the entire production team, thanks for tuning in. Remember, we have uh, started up our YouTube channel. It's the Drive Phase Media, and we'll be doing a lot of production on that. Uh, wherever you will be watching or listening to this podcast, feel free to subscribe and tell a friend about it and ensure that they too can listen to the podcast and they'll share whatever experience that you have learned. So on behalf of the entire team, thanks to Warren Weir, uh, Olympic bronze medalist, and he has won several other medals. Until next time, see you then. <laughs>